Acceptance is basically taking the wind out of the sails of your fear, panic and anxiety. And acceptance doesn't mean that you're going to love this or that you have to meditate on it and that you'll be like, oh, welcome, friend. Acceptance is like, give me the courage and strength to accept the things that I cannot change and the courage and strength to accept and change the things that I can control. And if you if you do transform your way of thinking around tinnitus in that, you will symbol to your brain or signal to your brain that tinnitus is not as dangerous as you thought. Hello and welcome and uh, warm welcome back to the Outering Tinnitus podcast. Uh, this is Frida, I'm your host, and this is the podcast where you learn everything about how to live a better life despite tinnitus. On today's episode, we have a, another special guest. His name is Jack Rubinacci. He lives in Norway and he is a professional singer and songwriter who's had tinnitus for uh, almost or over 17 years already. Uh, Jack shares his personal story and insights of living with tinnitus. He has published two books about tinnitus you can find the books in the description of the podcast episode and another thing that i wanted to share with you guys if you do enjoy this podcast maybe consider subscribing or becoming a patreon uh, i've created an account on patreon where i share um, exclusive videos podcast material as well as uh, my own personal tinnitus evaluation questionnaire that you can use in order to identify the areas with tinnitus that bother you the most in order to yeah maybe gain a little leverage and and improve on that so uh, uh, consider becoming a Patreon and this way you support my work, support the podcast and even if you don't consider to get one of the free initial consultations which I offer at outdrinktinnitus.com you can support me in that way. So thanks for that and uh, let's get right into the episode with Jack Rubinacci, the musician. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Outering Tinnitus podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host. This podcast is all about the tinnitus science and what you can do to live a better life despite the ringing. Well, okay. Uh, welcome back then everyone here on the Outering uh, Tinnitus podcast. Today I uh, brought you a special guest. It's uh, Jack Rubinacci here on the Outering Tinnitus podcast today. Welcome back to all the uh, listeners onto the podcast. Um, I have uh, Jack Rubinacci here with me today. Uh, Jack is a musician and a long-time tinnitus sufferer. Um, I'm very, very glad we got into contact because I, I feel that we are uh, on a very similar mission here. Um, but I would like to let uh, Jack introduce himself now and uh, yeah welcome to the show Jack. Hello Frida thank you very much very nice to be here I'm talking to you from a place called Draman which is 35 minutes outside of Oslo in Norway and it's a beautiful day which always helps so uh, yeah very nice to be here. Yeah great um, I want to ask you um, one of the first questions is uh, how did you uh, get into tinnitus and I, and I guess it involves um, the whole story uh, with music in the first place and I, I just found, uh, found it a very nice first question to ask people how did you get into tinnitus why do you do what you do and uh, yeah so uh, floor to you. <laughs> yeah so I've been a musician my entire life uh, that's what I do every day. Yeah. I specifically write songs and um, I developed tinnitus at 27 um, after many years of rock and roll and being young and reckless with my ears. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so sort of vocal and passionate about sharing my sort of, I won't say advice, but more information because advice sounds like I, I don't know, I, I just want to share information really because my relationship with tinnitus has been a catalog of mistakes, basic mistakes really. And I think that with a little bit more awareness, people can, spe specifically musicians, can avoid the mistakes that I made. Yeah, yeah. So I started out, my father's a musician. Um, I met my father when I was 10 years old. Uh, I was living in England and he is an Italian guy, so he was living in Rome. Hmm. So the first time I met him at 10 years old, he told me that he was a musician and he took me to where he works, which was a glamorous hotel in Rome, which was a world away from what I was experiencing at the time. You know, I was... Uh, We were living in Sicily, and um, 
you know, we were quite poor. So mm. going to this glamorous place in Rome and these glamorous hotels where my father worked, it was all sort of a, a big experience for me. Wow. Um, and over the years, I'd go and meet him once or twice a year, and I'd always sort of go with him to his job, which was in, he's the guy that plays in those sort of foyers and those really nice hotels, you know, the piano man guy, you know. So I would fall asleep at 11, 12 years old. He'd take me to his work, and he'd be working till 1 o'clock in the morning. And I would fall asleep in one of these beautiful chairs because it was a very luxurious hotel. It's actually called Hotel Excelsior on Via Veneto in Rome. Um, so that's sort of where I got introduced to music. And by the time I was 14, I was totally obsessed. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, it was, it was my only sort of escape. I was a sort of a lonely, troubled, mixed up teenager. And uh, music was where I felt at home. Mm. So being in bands, so... By the time I was 18, I'd gigged everywhere in Birmingham. I'm actually, I actually grew up in a place called Birmingham in England. And, um, yeah, lots of rock clubs, rock pubs, that sort of thing. By the time I was 22, um, this is where the real damage was done to my ears. Mm. I was in a band called Honeyman, and we were sort of, you know, kings of the hill in Birmingham. We were considered, you know, the exciting act and the band nice. that everybody wanted to go and see at the time. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, you know, we we took it seriously. We took it as a full-time job. We were all working-class lads. So we took the responsibility of being in a really good band very seriously. Yeah. Um, Birmingham is a Birmingham is a city that's had a lot of great musicians, a lot of great bands. People mm. like Led Zeppelin was down from down the road. Duran mm. Duran, Magnum, which is a big rock band. Of course, of course, Black Sabbath, you know. So being in a band in Birmingham is a pretty serious you know, vocation, because there's a lot of greats that came before mm, you, you know. Mm, mm. So the reason why I mention that is because because we took it so seriously. We rehearsed every night. We, we, we pretty much took it as a job. So we rehearsed every night, three, four hours a night. And like I say, it has relevance to what we're talking about today, because this is where the real damage was done. The room that we rehearsed in was about, and I'm not kidding you now, Frida, it was about two and a half meters wide. And about six meters long and i think that's pretty much accurate to what it was right and in that room there was four guys two guitarists with two guitar amps playing playing you know yeah. rock yeah massive bass massive bass camp uh, yeah. bass cabinet uh, drums yeah. and i think the drums in particular were what sort of because if you yeah. can imagine yeah. i had a yeah. big bass cabinet to my left yeah and to my right about the base cabinet was about one and a half meters away, and to my right, about one and a half, no more than two meters, literally, there was a very powerful, young, strong drummer. And the cymbals, you know, the cymbals on the drum, the, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're the, the metallic cymbals, you know, they were about two meters away from my head. And that was for about three or four hours a night. Wow. And when we weren't rehearsing down the room, we called it the room, uh, we were performing, we were gigging because we were a very, you know, very busy band. So there was so much loudness in mm. my ears mm. and this is what i want to say to any sort of musicians that might be listening to this mm. there was no sort of knowledge back then yeah 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 there was no awareness yeah it's it's 98 i'm 22 years old so this is about 98 now 97 98 so the internet is not real we i didn't have internet in my house yeah 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 um so the knowledge that you had was local knowledge. Yeah. It was the knowledge you got from your friend, yeah. the bass player, yeah. the drummer, yeah. you know, but nobody in the music scene spoke about ear protection. Yeah. Not the sound men, not the managers, yeah. not the girlfriends, not, yeah. not the musicians. Yeah. Nobody yeah. mentioned. It just wasn't mentioned. Yeah. So we did that for two years and it was an intense two years. And... By the time I was 27, I left the band at 24, just mm. coming on to 25. And by the time I was 27, I started to... It came to me one night. And that's that's where my whole journey with Tinnitus started. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I, I I love that you're sharing this. And I, I think it's um, also such a valuable and, and important story. Um, uh, I, I, I like especially how it's uh, often a bit of a love-hate relationship between music and tinnitus, right? Because, I mean, music is, as you say, like, if for you, it's your life. For many people, it's um, such a positive connotation, you know, but 
many of us uh, do get the tinnitus or where tinnitus actually comes from is because they went to an amazing party half the weekend somewhere in the sun and drinks and having just a great time and three days later you get the bill three days later the ringing starts or it gets worse and um you sort of like you feel you feel guilty maybe even shame ashamed maybe why is this happening to me and why is this not happening to the other people but um i mean you know tinnitus and and and, and the, the awareness that exists now around musicians and wearing hearing protection even if you go to a studio right the people who work in studios every day they have custom-made hearing protection and at that time i remember it was probably at that time it was just not cool enough right it was just not it was just not also maybe maybe not awareness but also then later on maybe in the 2000 or something it, it wasn't cool to be wearing that it would cool to have the full volume in your ear and and have the full rock and roll and everything you know and and that's and that's what brought uh, musicians as well to this des des desperation right like uh, the whole story with the tinnitus but yeah thanks for sharing that um and and, yeah, and you, now you know, can i just can i just yeah? Uh, yeah, can i just sure. say something there for, for sure you're absolutely right so I remember specifically one night being in the room and we tried those, you know, those yellow foam earplugs, the, you know, the yeah. ones you get in those yeah, little yeah, yeah. bags that they give away for free at concerts. Yeah. We tried them and we almost joked about it saying, no, you know, yeah, yeah. it, it wasn't considered rock and roll at the time. But the problem is, is that you're right. Perceptions have changed. Perceptions have changed. And I'm really encouraged by the fact yeah, that yeah. a lot of young yeah, musicians, yeah. they all have, they all have um, in-ear monitoring now. Yeah. But yeah. the problem is, is that the awareness in terms of ear protection isn't as strong as you might think. There are still a lot of people who consider it to be rock and roll. And, and also something that I also want to pick up on what you just said, the idea of having a great time and music and partying and all the rest of it, you know, I'm not the ear police. I'm not the earplug police. And the reason why is because I was the worst. Mm -hmm. When I was growing up in bands, I was, like I say, I was a sort of bit troubled as, as a teenager and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. my way of dealing with that, mm -hmm. what my way of dealing with insecurities was to turn up the volume. So when mm -hmm. I would turn up to gigs, Get it. the first thing I would do is turn the volume up. So this is why I think, and this is what I talk about in my book, I think that on the whole, we need some form of initiative from governments to make people aware of noise because even though yeah, a lot of yeah. musicians are aware of it in the general population yeah people yeah. Are, like i think now whereas like when i was growing up in bands in the in the late 90s it was rock and roll like nobody had earplugs i mean it just wasn't nobody like in ear custom earplugs yeah, just didn't exist yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. but now they're much better. Now yeah, yeah. a lot of people yeah. do them. Yeah. But my worry, my worry is the general population yeah. Yeah. is not like I'm seeing so many people. Yeah. Like because I read I read the comments. You know, oh I went to a gig, I went to a show. It was a great show, but then three days, just like you said, three days later. Yeah. And it and it upsets me that we still ha we're still in a situation. And I, and I was having this conversation. Um, I, I was on another podcast this week um, called Working Class Audio. It's a very big um, re recording producer podcast. Mm, mm. And we were talking about the exact same thing, saying mm, that mm. it's almost rock and roll, considered rock and roll, like, a, yeah. you know, to to sort of go to really loud gigs without ear yeah, protection. Yeah. But the problem is, is that it can lead to ear damage. And once yeah. you start going yeah. down that road, yeah. it becomes very difficult. So like I say, to any listeners listening to this, I'm not the earplug police. I'm not no, the earplug police. No, no, no. I, no. I just, I'm just someone that yep. really struggles with this. Yeah. So yep. if I can stop one person from having to from go through experiencing that. the yep. difficulties that I have, yeah, it would be, it would make me feel better. Yeah. That's yep. that's uh, so I don't want anybody thinking that I'm talking down 100%. about it or I'm trying to be. I just want to share this information yep. because yep. if I can just stop one person from going down the road that I've gone down, yep. it would make, you know, it'd make me happy. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. And. Um, um, I I 100% believe in that, and especially for me, this the, the case was very similar. My case, it was uh, going to the clubs when I was 16, 17, 18, and you know, also no one thought about hearing protection. No one brought an earplug, 
nowadays nowadays if you go to the big techno clubs here in berlin um at the entrance you will be able to uh, to get hearing protection so they will be they will be oh, hand, really? handing out hearing protection for the people um but uh, 15 20 years ago uh, uh, when 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 i was uh, in in my in in my clubbing years no one w used to do that you know there there was no way that you could could get hearing protection at a club but for sure it's such a such a such a difficult thing because hearing loss and tinnitus are uh, hearing loss is the number one cause of tinnitus at first and uh, hearing loss other than for example if you had a have a cataract at your eye is not reversible right for now i mean there are promising studies out there to maybe have hear uh, stem cells uh, regrown in the future but that's not there yet so the best bet we have is to protect what we have um but but um, let's 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 take that aside. Although it's a very very interesting and for 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 sure important topic, and I would like to to get into your your journey a bit. So so how was the first experience when you said like okay, first you experienced tinnitus and and how did it uh, take you from uh, back then uh, uh, being able to hear it at night or in the evening when it was quiet to yeah being now uh, Jack Rubinacci um you you've told me and and you've showed that you that you have even uh, uh, published uh, books on tinnitus already and um you help people and especially also musicians with tinnitus so how 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 does how does that come about so i was recording a song in my flat in oslo i'd moved to oslo by now at 27 mm. and it was just an acoustic acoustic song wasn't very loud um, but I felt like one of the frequencies on the guitar strings, the top string, the B string, it was bothering me. So I went to bed that night and I woke up exhausted. The next day I just couldn't move and I'm not really, I'm, you know, I'm quite an energetic person. Mm. So for three days, it's funny you mentioned three days earlier on because that's what it was like for me. For three days I just couldn't move. I just like, I was mm. like a zombie. And then I heard it. I heard a very faint noise in my ears and I knew straight away what it was. I, I you know, there was... There was no, I think my grandmother, you know, I was very close to my grandmother growing up, and I think she might have mentioned tinnitus yeah, some, yeah. somewhere along the line. I knew what it was. Yeah. And, I, and I knew it wasn't going to go away. I don't know why, I just knew it was there. The first yeah. thing I did was I was, I think there's three fa three phases to yeah, tinnitus, yeah. actually, or at least there has been with my journey. Yeah. And I think the first few days were shock, worry, yeah. fear. Uh, I would go for a walk in the park. Uh, there's a beautiful park in Oslo called mm. Viglands Park that's got some beautiful statues. Mm, mm. And I would just go and listen to the wind and let the wind go in my ears because mm. the wind would take away the noise. Mm. It was incredibly scary. But mm. because I'm quite a strong personality and quite a stubborn person, I mm. just carried on. I mm. thought, you know, I'm just going to carry on and deal with it. And I think that I mean, was my first sorry, mistake. sorry to interrupt you. Carry on means I'll just continue doing what I do, or or what did you? What is this? Yeah. yeah. So, carry on in the sense that because I'm stubborn, I just thought, well, you know, it's there. It's like a, a you know, like a small stone in my shoe. Yeah. I'll yeah. just I'll just get used to it. Okay. And mm -hmm. I think that was my very first mistake. Mm. Is that if I could go back with mm. the knowledge that I have now, I would have. What I would have done is I would have gone to the doctor, I would have got earplugs, I would have mm. taken all the precautions that I take now, okay. but because I'm stupid, I didn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. yeah. So at 27, it was a very faint sort of high-pitched noise. Yeah. yeah. And I could go, after a few weeks, I could go back to my normal life. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I could go back to my normal sort of day-to-day -day life. Yeah. At 30, I recorded my first album in a big recording studio um didn't wear earplugs um at 35 i recorded my second album again mm, music mm, loud mm. all recording with no earplugs mm, mm. and the, the the tinnitus was there but it was like if you could put like a tinnitus on a scale from one to ten mm. it was probably around about a a four mm -hmm. so it was it was there but yeah. it wasn't yeah. it didn't change my life like yeah. i'd play music in the yeah. car uh, you know, it, we'd be in the recording studio and, and you know, what what happens when you record songs is that you re you record and record and then when you get to a final sort of, when you get towards the end stages of the of the recording and the mixing, the volume goes up because everybody's yeah, yeah, excited. For, sure. for editing, everybody, mastering. Everybody thinks it's the best song ever written. Right, right. So um, the, the volume goes up and then, yeah. you know, big speakers in a recording studio, you know, mm. and it didn't bother me. I, I didn't have problems with that. I didn't go mm. away thinking, oh my God, oh my God, you know. Mm. Then what happened was when I was 35, 36, mm. um, I was a father. My daughter was about, well, she was 
five or six around then because I had a daughter of 30. Mm. And I needed to bring in more money. The, the money that I was bringing in as a musician, as a solo artist, and as a songwriter, it just wasn't enough to, mm. to you know, to... To, to carry on, you know, to sort of have a normal life. Right. So I started to think, well, what can I do to bring in more money? And and to, my answer was to do more, to do more shows. Mm. So I just did any show I could get. Mm. I played everywhere and I did anything. And I did some really long and intense shows. I became a much better musician um, because I was gigging all the time. Um, and my gigs were brilliant. I mean, brilliant in, in the, not me, but I'm just saying they were fantastic shows. They were great vibes. Everyone yeah, was having yeah, a good yeah. time. That's what I mean by brilliant. Must be very, um, very exciting as well. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was an exciting mm. time because mm. it was the first time in my life that I was earning money. Mm. Um, so I was able to buy things for the first time in my life, um, and I was. I felt good about being. You know. A busy musician, you know, yeah. you this you feel a sort of certain sense of pride. Yeah, for sure. Of being, of you know, out and about every weekend, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I would play, I would play everywhere, and mm. um, and I would play loud because I liked it loud. Yeah. And then when I was about thirty six, um, I started to understand that my ears were getting worse, mm. and that it was becoming very scary. Mm. So, I thought, okay this is no joke anymore because now it was becoming a problem. Now, it, now I'll be like, okay, I'm a bit mm. worried about this. Yeah. So I went to see an ENT, ear, nose and throat doctor. Mm. And, um, it was heartbreaking. It was, you know, it made me want to cry. Yeah. Literally because the usual, I was going for a the re- usual, the usual trip to the ENT that is, uh, yeah, don't, don't describe too much meaning to it. Um, don't worry about it too much and, uh, just get on with yeah. your life. Right. Like usually the yeah. usual. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sat in the chair going, look, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a musician. I, I do this every weekend. I'm really yeah, worried. Yeah. And, and the guy was like, you know, just, he couldn't give me any advice. And and, and, it, and it's a desperate, lonely, upsetting feeling, yeah. you know, for, for everyone, not just the musician. No, but for, for everyone. everyone, for everyone. So um, I didn't know what to do. Um but again, I just ha- I just had to carry on, you know, because this yeah. is what I do. So sure. what I did do is I started to invest in in earplugs. But again, because I'm an idiot, I bought one pair of custom-made earplugs. Custom-made, you know, the silicon ones yeah, that they yeah, mold yeah. to your ear. They put I, putty in your ear. Yeah, I get them they, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. So they they mold those earplugs exactly mm-hmm. to your to mm-hmm. your to your mm-hmm. ear. I got one pair, and they're quite expensive. So they were about. I think they're about 150 dollars, you know, to use dollars instead well, of krona. Well, I, I just um, wanted to just just to, just to hop in here very quickly. Um, yeah. I I, I I I mean, yes, you're right. They are not. Uh, they're not for free. Um, they're not like the the ones, the foam ones that you get on Amazon, the pack with uh, 200 for uh, 10 dollars. But um, <laughs> w- one of the things to say is, um, if you compare the amount of uh, money you made through um, uh, through music and your shows and everything, and you compare it to custom molded earplugs that cost you 150 bucks but they save your ears for uh, uh, the better time of the future so you in future as well can continue making music and uh, you know like i i always i i always i know that people say like oh 80 bucks 100 bucks for custom made earplugs that's that's quite that's quite some money you know but if you realize that you are have one pair of ears for the rest of your life Investing 150 bucks, so like 80, 80, 80, 80 bucks per side, doesn't seem that bad in my opinion. So I just want no. to encourage all the all the people who listen, which I usually do on the show, to really consider if you already have tinnitus, if you are, have already um, trouble with your ears. And this is what you said earlier: if we can prevent people from acting this way and behaving in this way, we really want to encourage them. And for all the audiologists who are listening, uh, if you want to do uh, an advertisement on my podcast for custom-made earplugs, I would definitely consider that for this show because I think that would be a very valuable advertisement to do. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't want to have any ads in my on my show. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know what? You know what? So this is what happened. So I bought one pair, yeah. and I thought that was a lot of money. Well, for me, it was, you know, $150. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. But do you know how many pairs I have now? I have... Four pairs, no, I have three pairs of custom molded earplugs. Two are minus 30 dB, that are just the small ones that go in your ear, but they're beautiful. They're really nice. I have those on me at all times. I have one pair in my, I just made a video about this the other day on YouTube, how I carry them. I have one pair in my 
um, in my wallet. Yeah, yeah. I have one pair on my mixing desk, which again are minus 3 dB. And then for doing gigs, I have another mm. pair of molded earplugs that are called hunting earplugs. They're the, they're the earplugs they give for rifles, people that shoot rifles, you know, because they're just a big lump of silicon that's molded to your ear and they just pop it in. And it and just mold, it sits beautifully in your ear and it just covers your entire ear. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's three of those. I also have a pair of, um, I won't mention the name just because uh, free advertising, but it, another pair of professional earplugs that are minus 36 dB that are really nice and they go on my car keys. And the reason why I have that situation, Frida, is because there's been times where I've got them in my wallet um, but perhaps I go out without my wallet. I'm just popping out to the, to, I don't know, somewhere. And all of a sudden, I got loud music, but I've got them on my car keys. Hmm. Or if I don't have my car keys, I've got them in my wallet. So hmm. I've always got them okay. on me. And also means that I've always absolutely got a pair at a show because I drive to the shows. I've got my wallet at the shows, and I've got a third pair in my guitar bag. Ah, right. That's how important earplugs are to me. Yeah, so what, yeah, I say yeah. to music, what, what I say to musicians, following on from what you said, what I say to musicians is, you need to save up for two pairs, not one. Nice. One pair is not going to last you nice, because nice. this is what happens, Frida. This is exactly what happens. I know because I've been there. Yeah. And again, I don't mean to sound like the earplug police, guys. I'm just really passionate about this subject, you know? Yeah, yeah. So this is what happens. You buy one pair of earplugs, and this is what happened to me. You think, great, you feel like you're doing a great job now. Yeah. You're taking this stuff seriously. You, you know, it's going to be okay. Yeah. You clean those earplugs, everything. You put them nicely in your guitar bag. Yeah. Within about three or four gigs... You change guitar bag. You're you're doing a gig somewhere and else. You I don't them know. Somewhere. You, you borrow someone's guitar. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have them with you. Yeah, so yeah. you need not one. You need two pairs. Yeah. And for any anybody listening to this that can't afford them, now I know because man, you know, I'm a, I'm a broke musician. You know, I know about not being able to afford <laughs> earplugs. Yeah. It's it's so important. It's 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 like I can't be without them. And when you get to my stage with tinnitus. Yeah. It becomes not just a necessity, it becomes the only way. Yeah. So think of it this way. You have Christmases, you have birthdays, you have mothers, you have fathers, you have, you know, you have presents that people can give you. You've got to find a way. Yeah. If you are having even the slightest experiences of tinnitus, just mild tinnitus, please, please, please don't m make the mistake. Because that's what happened to me. I went to the ENT, I bought one pair of earplugs, thought yeah. I was doing good. Within yeah. a few gigs, yeah. I'd forgotten yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go back as well, uh, just very briefly, because I didn't want to interrupt you early on. Um, and I uh, wanted to start with something that I found really, really uh, striking is because you said that, um, you know, when it first started, you didn't ascribe the meaning to it in the way that you said you would carry on, which is in a sense from if you look at it from a cognitive behavioral therapy or from an acceptance and commitment perspective, which um, I use to uh, coach my clients in, uh, you know, altering the perception of tinnitus and changing the behavior around tinnitus, it's actually very useful. So it is very useful if you say like, okay, I'm going to get on with it and um, I'm going to accept the, the way this is at the moment and it's okay the way it is at the moment. But it seems like for you, it took a bit of a shot in the wrong direction because you are a musician and at that point you should have and what would have been beneficial for you is to realize that you actually... At, the, at one point, yes, from one perspective, it's good to carry on and continue doing the things that you do and that you love because that's that's just how uh, you, 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 you are most likely to, to get on with your life without suffering too much from tinnitus. But on the other hand, you probably, and as you said yourself, if you could go back in time, you would be more proactive about it. And this is what we're trying to say to people, right? So uh, don't let tinnitus stop you from living your life. And this is this is one of the biggest things that we want to to advocate and that we talked already also in the and before we recorded this episode uh, on the other hand though please be proactive and use the advice that we just gave you to for example and i think that was a great a great piece of advice to have uh, two sets of earplugs in different places so you can always make sure um even if you only have money for one pair of custom molded ones right if you forget them at home have a pair of simple silicone or simple uh, swimming silicone earplugs that are five dollars or something in your in your car cabinet or in your wallet or where not, you know? So, yeah, yeah. that's a great, great advice. So I, I just I just want to say something there, Frida, because it's interesting because you've, you've made me think about this now. I think there's three stages to my sort of journey with tinnitus. And the first, and it's sort of interesting you picking up on that because the first stage was just moving forward with it. Yeah. 
but not being proactive. So mm, mm. those things shouldn't go together. They they should go together, but not in that way. They sh so the three stages I think that my journey has been on is the initial shock and the fear, like we said, the you know just wondering what's going to happen. Mm, then mm. you move. Then I well I moved on to stage two. Mm, mm. And stage two is the hardest part. Stage two is, I can't take much more of this. How how yeah, much yeah. is this going to be? What do I do? There's no one I can talk to. Stage two for me would have been about five years ago. And I couldn't find any... I found one musician that I could talk to. Two, actually. Two musicians. One was sort of mm, about it. Another guy was a very well-known DJ who was amazing to me. He was so kind to me. He sent me his telephone number, and he's a really well-known DJ. And he said, look, if you need to talk, you can talk to me. Mm -hmm. He was the only person I could find on the internet that was being active about it at that time. This was five years ago. I felt alone. I felt desperate, and it gets really, really dark. He gets like, you feel so helpless. Like, how can I do more shows? How can I carry on? How, how can I make an album? I, I don't know how I can do this. And I've dedicated my entire life to it. Then there is stage three, which is where I feel I'm at now. And it's not like I've reached a plateau. It's not like I've reached some golden treasure island where everything's fine now. You know, every day is, I have to be proactive every day. And stage three, for me, is going back almost to stage one. And that is accepting it. Accepting that this is my reality. This is the situation that I find myself in. Does not anything that can be done in terms of medical intervention right now. Yeah. I feel optimistic for the future. I feel that there are some very, very promising things on the horizon. Yeah. But I've got to the point now where I think to myself, I'm 45, I'm going to be 46 this year. I've got a number of years in front of me. It's mm. not unlimited. Mm. It's a limited mm. amount of time that I have left in my life. Mm. Instead of missing the things that I can't do, I'm starting to appreciate the things that I can do. So yeah, what that yeah. means is, is that I can't rehearse in a room with four guys for three hours a night anymore. That just doesn't exist. That's mm, not, mm, that's not mm. on my, on my menu any at all. Mm. When I do gigs, I have to be very, very careful. When I mix, I have to, I have to keep volumes at a very low level. I mix around about 65, 60, 65 dB, which if you talk to any music engineer, they'll be like, what? That's crazy. That's so low. But instead yeah. of missing the things that I can't do, I appreciate the things that I can do. Yeah, I'm 45 and I can still gig. I have to be careful, but I can still gig. I can yeah. still hear. Yeah. I, I I have very good hearing. Yeah. So I I've learned to accept it. I've learned to appreciate the things that I've got rather than yeah. regret the things that I don't have. Yeah, and yeah, I really yeah. that's why I feel really passionately about trying to share this information that I have. My journey. I don't I don't have any professional. I'm not. A, I'm you know. I'm not a. Uh, a doctor, or I'm not a scientist, yeah. or a, uh, and it, you know I'm not qualified in any way to talk about this stuff. But what I'm qualified to talk about is my experience. Yeah, for sure. And reaching stage three, this sort of pulling yourself out of stage two, which is despair, darkness. It's like a tunnel, right? You, mm, you know what I'm mm, talking about. Mm, mm. Getting to stage three mm. is like, you know what? I'm here. I'm. I have mobility. God willing, I've got mobility. I'm generally, you know. A, a healthy person. Um, I live in a free society. What I choose to do for the remaining years of my life is my choice. Yeah, for sure. So I've got to be proactive. And I, I like the fact that you use that word proactive because that's a word that I really love. Mm. I really love the idea of saying, you know what, I face this challenge. Yeah. But yeah. I'm going to face it. I'm going to turn this problem yeah. into a challenge. And this is, yeah. this is one of the things I talk about. I've got two books. I've got one called Overcoming Tinnitus, which is a generalized sort of um, tips and tools for people in general. Yeah, yeah. But what happened was is that when I was writing that book, because I'm a musician, I kept wanting to give musician examples. Mm. And the book was full of musical examples. And, and when, I, when I sort of gave it to my girlfriend, she's like, this is great, but you've got to edit out the music examples yeah, because yeah. you know people that aren't musicians aren't going to be interested in it. Yeah, yeah. So then I wrote a, I wrote a second book called A Musician with Tinnitus, specifically directed at musicians. Mm, mm. And the first thing I say in that book, Musicians with Tinnitus, because it's very such a sensitive subject for musicians to deal with, mm. you know. Try and turn your problem into a challenge because yeah. that's the starting point. When you do that, yeah, 
you change your mindset and yeah. you say yeah for sure what problems do what problems do i face yeah. the problems that i face are mixing recording touring traveling um sound checking how can i analyze all these problems and turn them into challenges and find ways to deal with them because what what you're saying to your brain and this is the interesting thing your brain is listening to what you say so if you say to yourself find me some solutions find turn this problem into a challenge what you're saying to your brain is find me some find me some actual physical solutions to these problems so yeah. your brain gets busy yeah, thinking yeah, right sure. so sure. i i started thinking about how can i sound check how can i tour so but the most important thing is dragging yourself out of um of, stage two yeah and going yeah of into the vicious three. cycle of suffering and the misery that comes with it and uh the continuous uh, focus on it and uh, you're actually describing it a problem making your brain uh, triggering your fight and flight instinct uh, most of the time if not all the time and by that you get stuck in that vicious cycle which you can't really get out of that's why i i love the fact that you that you talk more about uh, acceptance and uh, acceptance uh, as we also discussed in the in the talk before uh, recording this episode acceptance doesn't have to be anything positive right people always said to me like oh but you know what you want me to accept my tinnitus the way it is and and it sounds like you want me to 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 say that this is something positive and i'm like no not at all like acceptance is basically taking the wind out of the sails of your fear panic and anxiety and acceptance doesn't mean that you're going to love this or that you have to meditate on it and that you'll be like oh welcome friend acceptance is like give me the courage and strength to accept the things that i cannot change and the courage and strength to accept and change the things that I can control. And if you if you do transform your way of thinking around tinnitus in that, you will symbol to your brain or signal to your brain that tinnitus is not as dangerous as you thought because our brains, um, and we also discussed this, uh, last got the last update 200,000 years ago so our brains are based on fear and survival mechanisms and as soon as you per perceive something as a, a fear and and panic thing so as the tinnitus you turn into it you listen to it you become uh, you're panicking and your emotions go high and everything and your brain is like oh this thing is very dangerous to me And as soon as you accept it and you allow this to be there, to allow your feelings and your thoughts and your, your perceptions of this to be there, you can free yourself from that. Because why? Your brain will think like, uh -huh, okay, I mean, th this is unpleasant, but it, it, it appears to not be dangerous to me, therefore not triggering the fight or flight instinct anymore. So that's why I thought, uh, that's why I <laughs> wanted to take this quick detour over the, the, the term of acceptance, because I think it's just such a valuable, valuable uh, a place to be and and it's so, so interesting how you how to see and and hear how you got from stage uh one two three basically yeah yeah you know i just want to say something real quick there um i i have over the last i don't know 12 months i've discovered what the term philosophy or philosophizing mm. <laughs> as a hard word to say yeah. what it actually means yeah to me what it means being philosophical about something in english you know we say oh you've got to be philosophical about it. it means you know i understand what that means now and what that means to me is reimagining rethinking the way you feel about something that you can't change mm. if you think about like going back 2000 years to the greeks and all the rest of it what they're actually doing is they're talking about subjects that they can't actually change yeah you're going to die uh, there there are elemental laws to the planet yeah um the sun rises the sun goes down yeah. um there are things that we cannot change because they are they are the fundamental laws they of the universe right yeah so we philosophize we we are we get philosophical about it because we reimagine how we think about yeah. those things we we create um our own thoughts about them right so what that means in terms of my tinnitus is is that i can't change my tinnitus but what i can change is by being philosophical about it is changing the way i feel about it and also the idea of um the idea of being accepting it the way i've dealt with that is that i've tried to find ways that i can grow from it And this is an interesting thing, and this is something else that I mentioned in the podcast I was on uh, uh, this week. I've had to change the way I write music. I've had to change the way I record songs. 
I've had to change the way I work. And you know what? It's actually made me a better songwriter, a better musician, a better singer. Because I can't, for example, when I write songs, I can't sit around with a guitar for eight hours a day like I used to. I used to really struggle to write songs, even though I wrote songs that ended up on the radio and blah, blah, mm, blah, blah. Mm, I would really mm. struggle. I'd be mm. there for eight hours. I can't do that anymore. Like the idea of having, I can't even use an acoustic guitar anymore. Mm. I use a, I use an electric guitar that's unplugged. But it's made me work with my limitations and it's made my songwriting better. Nice. Because I, I work with I work with my within my limitations. So awesome. Same with um, with singing. Before, yeah. like like I say, I used to be very insecure when I was younger, and I used to turn the volume up really loud, and I just yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I can't work like that. I have to work with very low volumes. Yeah. So what it means is that you go inside the song because you have to focus more, you have to concentrate more. Awesome. To listen to carefully. To what the music is doing and when yeah. you concentrate more yeah. you become you master the Your song focus. better yeah do you see what i mean yeah, so yeah. again it's not about it's like you say freddy you know the information you're sharing is excellent you know because it's 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 not about accepting it it's not like oh this is great you know no it's about saying i've got this what can i do about it you know what i mean what can how can i be proactive there's mm. that word again you know yeah. how can i be proactive about it yeah there's there's helpful things and there's unhelpful things for sure and um, uh, we've talked about this before recording the episode as well um, of being in online forums looking for cures and and all these kind of things there they are if you so if you so wish to call it um, part of the problem not part of the solution because when you think which behavior that I adopt around tint is, is actual helpful behavior and which is a very unhelpful behavior then um, uh, looking as to how far this uh, medicum uh, medic education um, research has gone today and looking at all the comments there and yo I've seen horrible things I've seen things like before uh, the new uh, neuromod from Lanier came out and people were like okay this is really promising if this doesn't work I'm gonna jump out my window and things and comments yeah. like that and I'm like you're completely outsourcing the responsibility for your life and how you deal with things in your life I mean someone who loses their limb can also not say you know what if I don't get that prosthetic limb I'm gonna jump off the bridge Or they, they no. can. I mean, we all have the choice. You know, that's also being philosophical about life. Like, you have the choice. But there's so much beauty in life if you if you if you're able to change your perspective on things that really bother you and uh, you can you can you can go to what is part of the solution part of the solution is not to to circle around uh, the problem solving anymore because if you if you try to problem solve also if you miss don't mistake acceptance again for loving or enjoying it because this will only continue to be part of the problem if you if you force yourself to be like oh I accept this tinnitus. It's totally okay. I'm fine from now on. That's also not part of the solution because this is still the problem. Because you actually, you try to disguise it and tell your mind, your mind won't accept that. Your mind will be like, aha, okay, you're trying to trick me into something here. And that won't work. The only thing that will work is real acceptance. And with real acceptance, I mean to also be willing to face the unpleasantness. So for example, if you are in a quiet space and it's like, it's really unpleasant, you're like, oh fuck, this is really unpleasant today. Let me see how, how this makes me feel. And let me see that I'm a strong enough person to be able to be with these feelings. And then afterwards have my brain realize, well, these feelings and these things are very unpleasant. They don't kill me and they don't prevent me to going on with my life. So yeah, I, I, And, and, and to that, I, I, I say chapeau to you that you were able to, to turn this around and, and to, to find the positive and good things in that. For example, I, I can imagine it changed your style of music. I can imagine it changed your style of editing. I, it's so, so interesting, you know. I think maybe, maybe at some point, if you make a new video or a new song, let me put that in the, in the description of the episode as well. And uh, people are able to, to listen to some of your, your, your music as well. I think that would be really, really cool because I, I love the connection that, that it has with Tinnitus. I just want to say something real quick. You know, I don't want to suggest in any way that getting to the stage that I'm in now, stage three, is easy. No. It's not. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to suggest that I've, like I said before, that like I've reached some sort of desert island where everything is golden. Because mm. for me, being proactive is an everyday thing. Living with me is not necessarily easy <laughs> um, because it's not 
even though I've written books about the subject, I want to be very honest with the fact that it's an everyday thing. You don't, it's not a set it and forget it thing where, you know, they, they say in music when you sort of, you get a tool, you just set it and forget it, you know? Mm. It's not like that. Mm, mm. Uh, it's And it's not easy to, I don't want to, so I don't want anyone thinking that I'm suggesting that it's easy to get to stage three because I struggled immensely to get mm. to that point. And, and, it, and it's not something that, you know, it's not, it's not a button you press. For me, every day I have to get up. And that's why I feel it's so important to have a set of tools, and that's what I've written about, yeah. so that I can keep reminding myself how to go forward because it's, it's, it's not an easy thing. To, like, it's like I, on, on my YouTube videos, I get people ask me, have you habituated? And what I always say to them is, yes, but then I've lost it. And then it's come back again because I know that the hardest point is when you habituate and then you lose it. Mm. Then you just feel you feel hopeless, right? So I don't want to suggest that it's easy. It's not easy, but you can do it yeah. if you every day remind yourself of the tools that you've got, the, the things to be grateful of. Yeah. And in terms of habituation, yes, it's beautiful. When you habituate, you can habituate for long periods of time. And I've gone for a long time, you know, not being burdened by it, but then you're going to lose it. And I, I think it's really important to share with people the idea that you will lose habituation. It, it's, it's, it's part of the journey. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, I, and that's when it's important to be strong and to feel the love of life, the love of, you know, the love in your heart of your yeah. family. It's, it's yeah. really important to feel that and, and find love wherever you find it, yeah. you know, yeah. because that will bring you back to habituation yeah. um, because I feel that this word is, is a buzzword. This, this word habituation is a buzzword. Have you found it? Have you yeah, got yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yes, but it's like water in your hand. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's going to come and it's going to go. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very nice. I, I, I myself, I, I, I don't like the word habituation so much. I'm not a big fan. Um, I, I can honestly say um, I'm lucky enough that my tinnitus hasn't gotten uh, worse than what it already is uh, the last uh, five years. So I, I'm deaf on one ear and I have a tinnitus and a hearing aid on my right ear. So I can pretty much uh, pretty much always hear it also outside on the road and, and pretty much everywhere. Um, but luckily it hasn't gotten worse. So I always say to them, like, you know, it's also not important who you compare yourself against to, um, uh, you know, there's people like, oh, I, but I hear, I hear two different sounds. Certainly that's worse than yours. And you know, these, these, that's the negotiating stage when people still negotiate and they see like, hmm, is maybe my tinnitus is maybe worse. Maybe my tinnitus is not as bad as yours. And this is sort of the negotiating stage where people negotiate what their tinnitus is and what it isn't. And, What I what what I have to say and what well I said. what I yeah what I what I recommend to people is like this is not useful and and the term habituation is also not useful. I am lucky enough to say that for the past five years, I think that I have gotten to a stage where I ninety five to ninety eight percent do not care about my tinnitus. But it's it would be completely wrong to say and. I'm a tinnitus coach. I'm a human being that I don't have moments that sometimes I have a night of bad sleep and then the tinnitus feels extra loud the next day. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Today is actually, today is not that great. But I know how exactly what you say, how to find my way back into, in, 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 into, in, you know, in brackets, habituation, because it's, I, it doesn't really count like habituation, but it's at least escaping the problem cycle because i know if i have a bad day of tinnitus me being like okay it's a really bad day what should i do maybe it's worse in the future you know it's not going to help you any it's not going to help you with anything but i just know like you know what when the situations and circumstances are better my tinnitus is probably also going to be be a bit better so in a couple of days i won't be feeling so bad about it about it anymore and 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 and, and this is what it is about you know it's not about it's not about when people come to me and they say like can you help me to get rid of my tinnitus and i honestly say like no i can't but i can help you get 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 at least 50 to 70 percent more quality of life with what i do in changing your perception and uh, how you deal with the problem and 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 that's what yeah, you know about, what you know? This, sorry sorry no, to interrupt you um th this reminds me of something that we spoke about last week when we had this you know yeah. interview before we did the podcast yeah, yeah yeah i one of the things i write about you know the steps in my mind go change the way you think about it change the way you feel, exercise, uh, food, that sort of stuff. But one of the big things for me 
is distractions. And we spoke about this last week. I don't know if you remember. Mm, mm, and mm. you just reminded me because I, and I, and I write about this in the book. This is the example I give. Yeah. When, I, yeah. when I was on holiday, we, we, we recently, uh, I'm from Rome. I was born in Rome. And yeah, yeah, although yeah. I grew up in Birmingham, my father's in Rome. So we go to Rome and for many years we went to Rome. And I love Rome. It's, it's in my heart. I love it. But yeah, for a, a great change, city. We, we, yeah, it's beautiful. But for a change, we went to Crete. And we tried it. We never been, and I absolutely loved it. I, I developed this beautiful love affair with with Crete, and you know, specifically Crete. You know, I just love it. We've been there a, a couple of times now, and I I want to go back. While I was there, and remember, I have really bad tendencies, so you know, it's it's not it's not like it was when I was twenty seven. Now it's really bad, you know. Um, so if it was a four back then, now it's probably more like, you know, it's getting towards. An eight, an eight, eight and a half, and nine. Now mm, it's really mm. bad. Okay, just to sort of give people a, a perspective. But while I was there, for the first three or four days, I noticed something. Well, actually, I didn't notice it. I forgot that I had tinnitus. So, to me, that is a significant finding because I'm busy. I'm wondering what restaurant I need to go to. I'm wondering where should we, what beach should we go to? Should yeah. we get a boat trip? Should we hire this or hire that? Should we hire some bicycles to go yeah. around the island? Blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, all yeah. these things that you make, especially when you've got a little daughter with you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You make all these decisions because we weren't just sitting on yeah. the beach. We were being active and having fun. We were, we, we were with friends. We had lots of friends with us. There was drinking, eating, all sorts of good stuff, you know, all healthy you know, family sort of holiday stuff. Awesome. And you know what? For the first three or four days, I forgot that I got tinnitus. It was about three or four days in that I was like, oh, wow, you know? So what that, that to me was a significant find because it was actually one of the most important finds. Now, I try and fill my life with stuff that interests me because mm. I find that when you do stuff that interests you and that you like, you are happy. It's like yeah. being a kid. It's like when you're two years old or three years yeah. old or even yeah. four or five, you don't play with to um, toys that you don't like. You've always got the favorite toy that you always play yeah. with because that's the toy yeah. you like. Yeah. Whereas yeah. when we get older, because of circumstances, work, responsibilities, pay, you know, paying bills, we have to work with tools that we don't necessarily like yeah. or yeah, toys that sure. we don't necessarily sure. like, right? So my point is is that as people that suffer from tinnitus and, and in some cases severe tinnitus which i would put myself in that category i think it's really important to also try and restructure your life in a way that you're doing more things that you like yeah and sure. i know it's a sensitive subject i know that people have got jobs they've got mortgages they've got responsibilities but i think it's very important for people that suffer from tinnitus to say you know what i think i need to look at myself for a minute 100 I, I need to i need to do what's 100 right for me because i mean unfortunately i'm in this situation yeah so for me that means reducing stress yeah it means yeah. for it just to give you some real world examples for me when i do a show i set the i set the time i set the limit I say I play for, you know, for this long. Yeah, if I'm yeah. doing like, if I do like a, if I do an artist show as Jack Rubinacci, then I play for one hour and 15 because that's expected. Yeah, but sometimes yeah. I have to play events to, to make money. And I say to them, look, I play for two and a half hours. I don't play any longer. Um, I, I, I do this, I do that. I need the speakers to be at a certain place, blah, 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 blah. And it just, it's just ways of reducing stress. Mm. And when I'm not working, I try and do things that I like. I watch mm. TV programs that I really enjoy. I don't watch depressing TV shows. Um, yeah. I make sure I go for lots of walks to keep my body feeling good. I eat food that makes me feel good. So I'm a little bit more selfish. Does that make sense? I'm a little yeah, bit more selfish 100%. about what's, yeah. what I like to do. And I say that yeah. as, I say that as someone who has been very self-sacrificing, meaning that I've but, always... I've always wanted, I don't know, I've always put my needs after other people's yeah, needs. Yeah. Whereas now, because I'm a little bit older, I'm a little bit more selfish. And because I, I have this problem that I'm dealing with, mm, I'm like, mm. you know what? I'm not happy in this situation. Mm, mm. So if I'm at a party and it's too loud, I'm like, you know what? I don't, I'm sorry. I got to go. Yeah, for and sure. I don't feel, I don't feel anything about it. I'd like, you know what? I got to go. Yeah. Or uh, if I'm, if I'm in someone's house and the music's too loud, I say, you know what? Yeah, I'm really sorry. I don't mean to be a downer, yeah. but can yeah. we just bring the volume down a bit? Because yeah. it's about being more selfish. Because I think that as a whole, people, 
because we're such wonderful, kind people in general, we often put other people's needs before ours. Yeah, for sure. And I think as people with tinnitus, we've got to be a little bit more aware that we have this thing that we yeah, need yeah. to take care of. Yeah. And we yeah. need to take care of ourselves, yeah, our, sure. our souls and our minds, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. 100%. I, two follow-up things um, to your commentaries. Uh, the first one directly to... Um, Uh, I mean, yeah, spending more time with yourself and, and, and doing things that you enjoy. And this is something very beneficial for the rest of the people around you as well. So if you feel yeah. good, if you have um, the possibility to uh, spread positive vibe and love around your family and your friends, uh, I think they will be much more happy to say like, okay, um, Jack has to sacrifice uh, one and a half hours a day to do things that he likes. And then we have a nice Jack around us. And I think most people will be very happy with that trade-off. But I, I guess that this is something that people should uh, think about in general, not only people with tinnitus, but if you um, do a little bit more self-advocacy, if you speak a little bit more for yourself, if you look after yourself a little bit more, sometimes that can be the better investment comparing to uh, putting other people... You know, putting other people first the whole time and then be miserable about them because you haven't been taking care of yourself. So this is the first thing that I wanted to say. The second thing that I wanted to say um, was related to your holiday. And uh, I think it's amazing and it, it, and it shows that how simple it is to basically change the brain's pathways because you change your environment, you change your perspective, you change your focus and suddenly emotions, fear, panic... Uh, all these things that relate to tinnitus, all these negative things, suddenly they're gone. And it's as simple as going to the new place. But, and and this is one of the things that you would say, like like as a kid, you know, you play with your toys and stuff like that, and you live very much. what It is what it is. You can say what you want to say, but we all remember being a kid. And we all remember being a small kid and how much we play and and are joyful and we live in the moment. And as adult people, especially you mentioned it, mortgages, rent to pay, kids to take care of, all these kind of things, we don't live in the moment anymore. We live in our heads. We live in our heads and we live in our minds with the fears and the fear of the future, the, the dreadful events from the past and how it will be bad in the future as well. That's what we live as as adults because that's how society and everything is structured right now. And of course, there's a lot of worries. I'm not I'm not saying that you should uh, not stop worrying about these things, but it's very important. And this goes with what you said. This is actually connects the two points now. If you learn to live a bit more in the moment, doing the things that you like, taking the time for yourself, having positive experience, you will, and this is proven by neuroscientists, for example, also doing meditation. It doesn't have to be spiritually. It doesn't have to be religious. But sitting down, spending time with yourself and noticing the, 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 the cinema that's going on in your head, that you're only basically living in your mind and with your thoughts and this kind of thing, and you stop living in the moment and enjoying things and being very attentive to the moment, then you can transform not only tinnitus suffering, but pretty much any any other suffering as well. And you can rewire your brain. You can literally have a new neuro... Uh, the, the brain is very neuroplastic. So you can establish new neuronal pathways and you can transform uh, the way you think about things and also tinnitus. Amen, brother. Amen. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 I thought... I love it. I love it. That's really good what you just said. I yeah. truly, truly believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know, this is, this is, this is. Some people will say, "Oh, this is kind of guru stuff and 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 meditation." And and I'm not a spiritual person, and I'm I'm saying like, neither am I, man. I I, w I worked in business, I worked in sales, I worked in consulting, and all these kind of things. But I'm telling you, one thing that does work is being a bit more like a child, being a bit more playful, <laughs> being a bit more in the moment. I will. It will, it will, it will change a lot of perspectives. It will change a lot of things and how you perceive things in your world. And, 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 and this is some of the tools that I use um, uh, in my coachings. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. Very, very well said. And I, and I, I think that I think that it's got nothing to do with spirituality, although it has really. But it doesn't have to be a spiritual or or anything like that. It's just about having more enjoyment in your life. <laughs> yeah. it, so it doesn't, you know, and, and I got to be honest with you, talk of, I've never understood talk of spirituality until recently. Uh, meaning that 
you know, meditation and stuff like that is what I'm trying to say. I couldn't connect with any sort of talk of meditation and stuff like that. But, you know, having to, being in the position that I ha that I am now, I'm more able to um, to connect with that sort of thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's it's very beneficial. I frequently see people who have um, who have had no um, interest in uh, meditating or um, uh, any sort of uh, maybe internal practice. Let's call it internal practice of focusing more on the internals than on the externals and the worries of the world to um, yeah get significant um, and scientifically evaluate weighted changes and benefits in uh, tinnitus perception um, because people say to me like okay if you can't get rid of my, my tinnitus if you can't help me do that then what do I pay you for and then I say well if you if you if you get a reduction from I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, tinnitus handicap inventory scale yeah if you get a reduction from 70 to 35 aren't you happy with that and you yeah. know isn't that a big increase isn't that a big step to what your life is now and if you consider that consider con consider working with me you know but yeah you know there, there's this this kind of mentality that people um want to and they, they, they think they have the right to to just take a magic pill and and get rid of it and unfortunately it, it, you know if it was like that i would be the last person to say you shouldn't do it if there was a magic cure or a pill or something that you could swallow and tinnitus would go away i'd definitely go for it amazing good for you but as long as there isn't there is just there's there's a lot of very very good and helpful tools for you to deal with it and um and you got to use them and you can use them and they are all at your disposal you just got to for example find people like jack and me well um, I, I, more you i don't know about me but <laughs> i'm just the musician with tinnitus <laughs> wow i i think you've shared some uh, very 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 insightful and, and and great things today and um I, I'm sure that uh, these tools will be very, very helpful for people. Um, uh, uh, we'll be putting the, the the names of the books in the description. I would I don't want to have any links because I I don't want to be affiliate or something like that. But people can just easily Google it, so that should be no problem. So they can easily access the um, the yeah. information um, because I think it can be can be helpful for people. Um, yeah, it's also nice to 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 i mean this is not what the podcast should be about but uh i feel i could be silent for for a minute now jack without any without any uncomfortable uncomfortable uh, uh <laughs> feelings coming no up. no so that's, i'm, that's I'm just awesome. <laughs> i'm just waiting for you <laughs> but 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 probably for the podcast listeners you know it would be quite uninteresting if we would just be silent for two minutes now <laughs> quite uneventful on a podcast yeah, as I said, it's it's been a real, real big pleasure to have you to have you on the show today to 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 share um, your life, your experience, and your ways around tinnitus. I think that's very, very beneficial, and maybe the one or the other thing um, that people can take away from um, from uh, uh, our conversation today. And I'm sure that there is. So uh, uh, please uh, tell us again where can people find you? What's your website, your book, and these things? And we'll put that into into the description of the episode as well. Sure, I got a website called helpmytinnitus.com, helpmytinnitus.com, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, where I share tools uh, and tips with people for free. Um, also, my two books are called Overcoming Tinnitus, 12 Tools That Help Me Overcome Tinnitus, mm -hmm. which is available in paperback and, and Kindle on Amazon. And the second book, which is specifically for musicians, is called uh, a, tinnitus with, uh, a Musician with Tinnitus. Uh, 14 tools to help the help me sorry <laughs> the awesome. second book is called a musician with tinnitus 14 tools that help me perform and cope with tinnitus Got and it. that's like i say it's specifically directed towards musicians, uh, musicians. and they're both available okay. on amazon yeah. in kindle and paperback awesome i will uh, uh share that in the in the description below um yeah jack uh, thanks again for coming on to the show today for sharing all of these uh, yeah also quite personal stories with us um, I think that is so valuable because you know once you get once you show yourself vulnerable you show love and kindness to the world around you uh, and people value that I really value that um, and I've, I've, I've 
found that people tell me they value that a lot of uh, how I share all these these open stories around myself, but also people who come onto the podcast who share, who openly share their life and their stories. And um, this is what, what, what connects us as human beings um, is collaboration rather than competition. So thanks so much for, for taking the time to being, being on here today. Uh, it's been, it's been lovely and um, let's, let's keep the conversation up in the future. I want to say thank you to you, Frida. I think the work that you're doing is great. I think you're really good. We've had two conversations now, and in both conversations, I feel like I've learned something, which is which is one of the reasons why I, I actually do this because I feel like I'm talking to people like you. I feel like I'm I'm learning and growing with this as well, you know, which helps me. I think the work you're doing is great, um, and I just want to say to all the listeners, you know, I share my love with you. Uh, stay strong. And um, yeah, I just, I hope that sharing my story can share some strength and love with people. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Thanks, Jack. And uh, see you next time here. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thanks very much for uh, listening to the episode with Jack Rubinacci. I hope you all have enjoyed it and uh, could take something out of it um, for your tinnitus, for your general health, for your uh, enjoyment, so to say. Um, as usual, I uh, like to offer you as much support as I can get you. Uh, you can book a free initial consultation with me at outringtinnitus.com. All the links are in the description of this episode. Um, if you're interested in what it looks like how I make my podcast, you can also check that out. I have a link tree link uh, in here as well. There is a, a YouTube video on how I produce my podcast and yeah, more of uh, the content and exclusive things that you can subscribe to, including a weekly um, prep video that's coming from me out to all of you guys sharing my best tips of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and acceptance and commitment therapy is uh, coming up on, on Patreon. Consider to subscribe subscribing uh, via Patreon and supporting me in that way so I can continue putting all this great content out there for all of you guys in order for you to live your best life despite the, your tinnitus and outering your tinnitus. So for today, that's it. Um, I hope you uh, all have a great time. Stay safe still there. Um, hang in um, as long as COVID is not uh, uh, over yet. Um, I wish you all the best. And uh, yeah, uh, for any other questions, mainly at Frida at otteringtinnitus.com. And yeah, until the next uh, episode. Goodbye. Thank you very much for listening to the Outring Tinnitus podcast. I am looking forward to also welcome you on my website at outringtinnitus.com or if you have any questions, please mail to frida at outringtinnitus.com. See you next time.